Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome in. It is the Pro Football Blitz right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon live at the Circa Resort in downtown Las Vegas. My partner James Salinas is along via Denver, Colorado, as we get ready to spend the next three hours covering week 17 of the NFL, the penultimate week of the regular season. Mr. Salinas, happy Sunday to you. We've got two more games before week 17 is complete. One of them will be kicking off in about 15 minutes from now. The Minnesota Vikings are at Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. Frigid temperatures and no Kirk Cousins. The Packers looking to hold on to that number one seed, and uh, with a win, they will wrap it up after the Dallas Cowboys lost earlier today to the Arizona Cardinals. James, I think we spoke about this on our preview show. I really wanted to take the Vikings here, catching seven points or so. It did come down to six and a half. And then, of course, the Kirk Cousins news that it'll be Sean Mannion here at starting quarterback for Minnesota. Also, Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook now out of the ballgame. Uh, this line went to 13 when we got the Cousins news, and now it's dipped a little bit, seeing some 12 and a halfs in the market. But without Cousins in the lineup, it really took me out of play here. How about you as we inch closer to kickoff? Well, I'm locked and loaded. We're going to have some fun for this program tonight, my man, because I've got some <laughs> – I've, I've, we're all in. We're firing away as a couple plays here, and you talked about Sean Manning on the Vikings side. Yeah, I wanted to get in- involved with that side earlier in the week, but I've been – holding off pretty much this is kind of standard for what I do with most 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 weeks most years in the NFL when it comes to just waiting for player availability and obviously within the last two years of COVID that has been key and in particular with the Vikings not having Kirk Cousins back there at the quarterback position now we have Sean Mannion well he hasn't taken a snap a regular season snap anyway in the National Football League since 2019 and collectively he's been in the league since 2015 he's completed just 43 43 passes over those seven seasons at no touchdowns within those 43 completions and three interceptions. So hasn't had a whole lot of time on the field and hasn't been very successful when he's been on the field. You mentioned the weather. It is. The wind chill is below zero. This is this is what we expect when we're in Lambeau Field come January. And the Packers are used to playing in this kind of situation. Aaron Rodgers has spent his whole career there, and so I, I don't think the cold bothers them as much anyway. They're so used to playing in those conditions. You're, they're accustomed to it, but I think for the Packers here, the concern for me is that offensive line. So those moving pieces, parts on that offensive line, and I think here, coupled with the fact that that offensive line, 
there's some moving pieces on that line, as well as the fact that there is not a – we're, we're talking about a one-legged Aaron Rodgers. Now, his ability to throw the football down the field, he's been doing it all season long. He's had, if not one of the best seasons he's had in his career, yes, but his foot has affected him. We've seen it. We've seen it be stepped on, be rolled on during games, and I think that's what I'm counting on here. So I've played a couple different – Couple different plays that I'm going with. So we're we're gonna have some action in the first half, Brady. I played the under in this first half, sitting at twenty one and a half. It was juiced at fifteen cents. I laid that I laid that extra nickel and played that. That's a big play for me here. I'm going close to five units on this play, under twenty one and a half. I think from the Vikings side, they're not gonna be sitting back here with Sean Mannion trying to sling the football all over the field. It is very cold out there. You don't have your possession receiver out there with Adam Thielen. They're going to have to run the football, and it's going to have to be kind of ball control and take the take really take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands the best that they can and run the football. And I'm counting on on the other side for Minnesota to be able to dial up some type of pressure against this makeshift offensive line for the Green Bay Packers and keep everything in front of them. Short completions for Aaron Rodgers. We know he's not going to be one with the where his foot is and his toe is that he's not going to be trying to extend plays outside the pocket. So I've also played. A, quarterback prop been very successful today went five and one with quarterback props today so i'm going to keep the momentum going with that one here i have played aaron Rodgers to go under his passing and rushing yards at 270 and a half it was sitting at 260 and a half figured to give me another 10 yards because he's not going to be trying to make plays outside the pocket to get down the field running the football so give me aaron Rodgers under 270 and a half 70 and a half yards passing slash running you know, I like the play in the first half under. I was going to ask you about the entire game. The total is set at 42, but I think it makes a lot of sense. Sean Mannion, you don't expect him to be slinging the ball down the field and slowing that game down with a passing game. You probably want to, you know, kind of manage this guy a little bit and get him handing the ball off and that type of thing. I just don't know what to expect from the Green Bay side. I don't know if uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to light up this secondary for Minnesota. And if they put 30 points on the board Green Bay we could be in trouble uh, for the total for the entire game but uh, it also makes sense I think for the first half under because you have to figure Minnesota is going to come out hungry we always talk about looking at the underdog for the first half we don't know if they can sustain it and keep in the ball game for the entire 60 minutes but you know they're going to come with some emotion for the, at least the first 30 minutes here and they're probably going to eventually wear out I would think without their number one guy at quarterback, but for the first half, Mike Zimmer may have some trickeration dialed up. They're going to pull out all the stops and throw the kitchen sink at Green Bay. So I think it makes sense that we might have more of a football game that we expect in the first half and keeping that game under the total while the while the Minnesota Vikings are competitive in this game, but it could get away from them later. I don't know what's going to happen as far as the entire game total, but if you see what I'm getting at here, I think the football game that we're handicapping has a good chance to hand uh, to happen in the first half and thus go under the total. And that's why I took the half. We got a half at sitting at 21 and a half. Get that extra hook there just in case it is touchdown because you're talking about cold weather. So, you know, when it comes to the kicking game, I don't think either of these coaches trust their field goal kickers at this point. And, and it's unfortunate thinking about for the Green Bay Packers where they've been throughout their career with, with their place kicker. But it's just been a struggle all season long for Mason Crosby to be consistent. Now you're talking below zero temperature here. It is frigid. You're going to be kicking bricks, kicking rocks here. So, yeah, I'm hoping that we're we're going to see some ball control on the Minnesota side. Yeah, it's going to have to be when we're thinking about getting the running game involved. 
taking the ball out of Sean Mannion's hands, that's obviously going to be the game plan early in this game. My concern, yeah, with kind of your thinking too, Brady, is I don't want to play this game for four quarters. I don't want to be betting on Sean Mannion to have to try to find a backdoor cover in the fourth quarter when we're talking about below zero temperatures here. If they're down, let's say they're down double digits, they're down 14, 17 points, something like that in the second half. Does Minnesota just start to pack it in? They know they're really it's it's really a stretch for them to be able to get into the playoffs at this point. It's going to be hard for them to win this game on the road knowing that there's no Kirk Cousins. So I think that's kind of a deflator. Guys will rally around in that first half and come bring the energy. It's a big divisional game. It's a rivalry game. These teams don't like each other for sure. But for four quarters, if they're behind, I don't want to be banking and trying to bank on on Sean Mannion to have to try to bring something back in that fourth quarter where if they're down a couple scores late in this game, this might be a good night, Irene. Party's over here. Let's just wrap it up. Let's go inside. Let's get warm, and let's look ahead to next week and then look ahead to our vacation plans come late January. 14 of Minnesota's 15 games this season have been decided by eight or fewer points, and it looks like some bettors are banking on that happening again. Again, this has come down from 13 to 12 and a half in favor of the Packers and DraftKings, also now down to 11 and a half in favor of Green Bay. Head coach Mike Zimmer, he's in a role that he really flourishes in, 19-6-1 against the spread as an underdog when he's coming off of a loss, including 12-1-1 against the spread when he's facing a team that has a winning percentage of 600 or better. So it really gets Zimmer's attention when his team is off of a loss and they're facing a good opponent, which they are here tonight. We'll see if he can uh, keep that streak alive for Minnesota. All right, James, let's dive into what we saw earlier today. The Las Vegas Raiders go into Indianapolis to take on the Colts, still with playoff hopes alive. And the the Colts, of course, got news that Carson Wentz would get the start at quarterback. And we saw this line creep up. It opened up at about six or six and a half early in the week, ended up closing as eight and a half point favorites did the Colts with a total of 46 and a half. And the Raiders jumped out to an early lead here, 13-3, to but then it was Jonathan Taylor plunging in from one yard out right before the break, and it was the silver and black up 13-10 to at halftime. Now we come all the way down to the final seconds of the game, tied at 20 apiece, and Daniel Carlson, the Raiders kicker, drives home the hammer with a field goal as time runs out. And the Las Vegas Raiders are still alive. They beat the Colts on the road 23-20, to and they moved to 9-7 and on the season. Indianapolis drops to 9-7 and and has still not clinched a playoff spot. What a competitive effort from the Raiders. They were the better team from start to finish in this game. You mentioned the fact that they were up 13-3 to late in that second quarter. And really, they kicked a field goal to go up 13-3 to with less than two minutes to go. Carlson kicks the ball out of bounds. The Colts had done nothing. Really, the Colts were, it was a pretty flat effort from the Indianapolis Colts for the majority of this game. Kick the ball out of bounds. You give the Colts the ball at the 40-yard line, and it just felt it. I was watching the game. I felt like, you know they're going to go down and score. And it came down to the last play of the court, uh, of the half to punch it in. And from there, yeah, now you're three, and you're thinking, all right, well, here you go. This is where the Raiders are going to fold. And then the Colts get out there. They get the ball to start the second half. They go down, and really it was, a, in a sense, a terrible throw by Wentz. Two, two defenders, two DBs for the Raiders battle for the interception, and it flips backwards right into the end zone where T.Y. Hilton is sitting there with the ball in his hands. Lucky touchdown to that end. They go up 17-13 to do the Colts, and you feel like the old Raiders would have been, well, there you go. All the momentum's gone. This team's going to completely fold and fall apart. 
and they fight back, and they go and win the football game, to, like you said, and finish the game off with a, a Carlson field goal to win at 23-20. Just, the Raiders coming back here showed a lot of character, a lot of heart, a lot of moxie. This is a team that really, really competed today and did not fold when things got tough. we not used to seeing that from this Raiders franchise for quite a while here. So credit to the Raiders, the coaching staff, the players. A huge win for the Raiders here moving forward. A lot of momentum going into next week to make the playoffs. They wrap up the regular season at home with the Los Angeles Chargers. Vegas was made a one and a half point favorite in this game way back when these lines were released over the summer. The Colts are on the road at Jacksonville. They came out as three point road favorites when these were released back in June. We preview the Monday night game next on the Pro Football Blitz. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds you know, the basketball nerds. They're like, you know, who's ready to get to Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, going to. Not the Big East tournament? They're, well, I mean, they could. Maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like, that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was. Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton? Is a, is, a, is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of and those. Then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iHeart Radio's iHeart Country Radio discover more shows and movies for free This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Sign up for a PlayCard Debit MasterCard and get paid faster than a paper check with direct deposit. Always be ready to roll with PlayCard. Visit PlayCard.com today to apply, subject to card activation and ID verification. Terms and costs apply. Card issued by MetaBank, N.A., member FDIC. The Monday Nighter, the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers in what will probably be Ben Roethlisberger's final game in front of the fans at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. And to help us preview the game, Fred Greetham now joins us. He is a senior analyst for the Orange and Brown Report, the OBR.com. You can find him at WTAM 1100 Radio and also follow him on Twitter at Fred Greetham 9 Fred, thank you so much for joining us on the program. We'll get into the Monday night game here momentarily, but they're about to kick off at Lambeau Field, the Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. We'll give you a fictional 100 bucks. What are you going to do with this game betting-wise? It is the Packers favored by 12.5 with a total of 42.5. 
Well, I would go with the Packers and the points. I, I don't see how the Vikings keep up with them tonight, but that's my uh, that's my best guess. All right, so uh, the Packers to cover 12-and-a-half, win the ball game, and lock up that number one seed in the NFC is Fred's vote. All right, let's get into the Monday night contest, and it was bad news for Cleveland Browns fans today. The Los Angeles Chargers getting a victory eliminates Cleveland from the postseason, and we've seen the line move accordingly out here in Las Vegas, Fred. Uh, the Browns were about a three or three-and-a-half point favorite in this game. Now uh, somewhat meaningless to them with no postseason on the horizon. They have dropped to one-point favorites. Um, you still have to believe they're going to show up with effort. I imagine that is your opinion as well. What do you think we get out of this team? Uh, obviously a division rivalry, and this game still will mean something to them. Yeah, I think that they will. Um, you know, Kevin Stefanski's done a pretty good uh, job in the two years. He's, he's very, uh, very uh, flat line. You know, he doesn't get too up, too down. Last year, in a lot of adversity, they really played much better than everybody expected. And this year, by expected high expectations with the roster they put together, and it's been very, very uh, under. Uh, expectations, and so I think he's going to sell them that the Browns haven't had back-to-back winning seasons in 30 years, you know, since 1989, and they can still be at 9-8. and eight. They were hoping to control their own destiny, and as you said, one of the two games didn't fall their way. It's actually surprising they were still in it right down till today because almost everything has broke their way the last several weeks to keep them alive at seven and eight. And believe it or not, you know, they really could have controlled their own destiny if the Chiefs would have, you know, beat the Bengals, which everybody expected. So, yeah, it, it went from meaning a lot to pretty much playing for a lot of pride. And it's going to be very emotional over there with Ben Roethlisberger and that crowd. So I don't really know what to expect at this point. Right, so let's think about that, and let's think about the perspective from the Steelers, the passing game, Big Ben, most likely his last home game there in Pittsburgh. A lot of talk about that. Obviously, a lot of emotion that's going to come with that. What is that going to look like for the Cleveland Browns on the defensive side, especially in that secondary? We think about some of the injuries. There is a banged-up secondary coming into this matchup against Big Ben and potentially his last home game there with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're going to have both Harrison and Johnson out at the safety position, and then their nickel corner Hill is also going to be out. Think about that game back midseason where Pittsburgh did go on the road and win at Cleveland. Not a lot of points scored in that game, but pretty efficient game out of Big Ben in that matchup. Threw for over 265 yards in that game. What do you suspect on the defensive side for the Cleveland Browns to try to match up because of the injuries in the on the back and in that secondary to match up against Big Ben in this passing attack and potentially his last home game there in Pittsburgh? Yeah, they are getting a, a little shot in the arm. Fred Newsom, their first-round pick cornerback, will play in this game. They have their top three uh, corners. Yeah, they're missing Troy Hill, but they have missed him the last two games, and they actually played pretty well against Aaron Rodgers. If not for four interceptions by Baker Mayfield, you know, you probably would have won that game because the three first three were turned into three touchdowns. They only gave up three points in the second half. Um, Grant Delpit has been coming on. He'll, he would probably be a starter at safety anyway. So they are going to miss Johnson and 
and uh, Harrison, but getting having Ward, Newsom, Green, Williams, you know, back will help. Jadavian Clowney. They played Rogers down five starters. They got three of them back, so it should be a better effort, um, you know, against the Steelers and and their dink and dunk attack. I do think that Newsom and Ward will help a lot on the outside. So. It, it's really on the Browns' offense. You know, they, they haven't been able to win games. They're scoring, you know, under 17 points a game probably in the last six, seven weeks. So I think the defense will keep them in it. It's all about the offense. Well, let's talk about the offense, Fred. Uh, Kareem Hunt is listed as questionable. What are your thoughts on his status? Do you think he'll be able to go? And uh, that's really going to be, it has been all season long, the bread and butter for this Browns offense, the rushing attack, one of the best in the NFL. Now the offensive line has been banged up all season long, but they're going to face Pittsburgh, the worst defense against the run in the entire National Football League. So that plays into Cleveland's hands. Do you think they're going to have that backfield at full strength? You know, I, I do. I, I was pretty much sure all hands were on deck um, with these two games, but unless unless he's just they feel like it, you know, it's not worth putting him out there at this point. But I think you know, not only you know with Chubb and Hunt, Dearness Johnson has has really been a valuable back, but I do think that they wanted to, you know, use Chubb and Hunt together. Unfortunately the first time all year that they had him in the backfield together on the fourth play that that happened is when Hunt sprained his ankle. So I think he'll play. Um, I don't know how much, but I do think it's, they're going to go all in to try to send, you know, Roethlisberger out with a loss. He He's inflicted so much harm on the Browns over his career, you know, that they, that's what they're playing for at this point. So where is the confidence level right now offensively with the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield? I feel like we saw the identity shift last year and really the culture shift to this. We are going to run the football. We are going to be a power offense, and we're going to grind teams down for four quarters. And that became the identity last year as they closed out the season and rolling into this season. But then just thinking about just thinking about the game last week against the Green Bay Packers and the fact that they kept putting the ball in Baker Mayfield's hands and particular more short yardage type of positions where it continued to throw the football. I'm just wondering where is the confidence level right now with Stefanski, Baker Mayfield, and this passing attack against this Cleveland team or against the Steelers team? Well, that's the question, you know, as far as, like you said, when Odell Beckham went down the seventh game last year, they just went on fire. It was like a different Mayfield in the second half of the season. He threw 11 touchdowns, one interception. They went to the playoffs, second round and we're scoring 26 points a game. They brought back the entire starting lineup, the same coach, the same system, first time in Mayfield's career, and everybody expected them to at least take it to the level where they're getting close to 30 a game, and they've regressed. And I think that it, a lot of it has to do in the second game of the season when Mayfield threw an interception, he tried to make a tackle, he dislocated his shoulder, and he's been playing with a harness the whole season, and it has something has to be affecting because he does not look the same that he did it all last year. And if that's the big decision, they have to decide, did he regress or is it predicated because of the injury? Because 
If not, then there's not a lot of hope. They they would need to go get a new quarterback if if because he just not has not been playing you know winning quarterback form this year. All right, Fred, we've got to let you go, but we can't do that without getting a prediction from you. The Browns, as I mentioned, are a one-point favorite. Your total is 41-and-a-half. What's your predicted final score for the Monday Nighter? Well, before I knew the outcome of today, I I wrote my prediction was Browns 23-21. So there you have it, one by two. 23-21, Browns in the over. All right, Mr. Greetham, thank you so much for joining us, and enjoy the game. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. That is Fred Greetham. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at Fred Greetham 9. That's the number 9. He's on WTM 1100 Radio. And you can also check out his work at theobr.com. That's the Orange and Brown Report. 23-21 Cleveland. Uh, I think if they stick to that running game, James, you know, I've been saying this about the Denver Broncos for a couple of weeks, and it seems like we just see teams inexplicably go away from their strength, and we know how that Cleveland Browns offense has been struggling, as Fred alluded to. Uh, but I think if Kareem Hunt does play, and they have both Hunt and Chubb going after this porous Pittsburgh run defense, uh, 23-21 sounds reasonable. Yeah, it sounds like a low-scoring game, although right, it looks like going over the total from that perspective. What's really interesting is the fact that this line has moved to where it is now. Cleveland just a one-point favorite going into Monday night. All right, they have kicked off at Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers start with the ball. When we come back, we'll get into our game show. Consider it, book it, or drop it. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. They are underway at Lambeau Field, the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. Still about 12 minutes left in the first quarter, and Green Bay is on the board. And, James, that was a little bit of sweat for you there and your first round or first half under bet, under 21 and a half points there. Aaron Rodgers fired into the end zone and in and out of the hands of his tight end, I believe it was, really a catchable ball. Uh, Rodgers was disappointed that that one did not convert for a touchdown, but I know that made you happy. They did get three points on the board. However, Mason Crosby is good from 35 yards out. Crosby leads the NFL, not a category you necessarily want to lead, but he has the most missed field goals in the league this year with nine, but he is good on that one from 35 yards out, and the Packers take an early 3 to nothing lead. Again, 12 minutes left in the first quarter, and your in-game line is pretty much where we started. It went at 12-and-a-half at the close prior to kick, and now going from 13-and-a-half now down to 12-and-a-half again here as Minnesota will get their first shot on offense. Sean Mannion behind center for the Vikings coming up. All right, it is time to play America's favorite game show. Consider it, book it, or drop it. know the routine here i am going to read a player's stat sheet james is going to try and guess who that player is i will reveal the mystery player and then we will decide if we want to consider a bet book a bet or drop a bet entirely we're going to look at players for defensive player of the year defensive player of the year in the nfl and i will start with player number one here james 
After his game today, this player has recorded 77 tackles, 12 and a half sacks, and four forced fumbles. With another team's loss, this team can clinch their division this week. If not, they just need to win next week, and they will win the division title. His defense is in the middle of the pack as they allow about 21 points per game. They did get the win earlier today, and at that point earlier today to win Defensive Player of the Year, this player's odds were at 8-1. to one. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, indeed, of the Los Angeles Rams. They squeak out a victory over the Baltimore Ravens, 20-19, to still in the driver's seat to win the NFC West division. Um, I, I don't know about this guy. What, what are your thoughts? I mean, I, I guess you always have to consider him every season. You have to consider him, but at this point, this deep into the season, it's a good number where you're at, but he's not going to win it. Uh, you have to drop it. it it's been... I think the expectations were so high for the L.A. Rams. It's it's Super Bowl or bust for that team. And then with the defense just continuing to add more star power with Jalen Ramsey last year as well as then bringing on Vaughn Miller this year. Just the expectations are that you're supposed to be dominant, and this is not a dominant defense. Now, Aaron Donald can be a dominant player, but he also is sitting in the middle of the field. You know, he's, he's fighting within the, the, the one, the two-hole, the three-hole, the A and the B gaps where he's going to get double-teamed. And the fact that he's still able to make the plays that he, the way that he does because he's basically accounted for on each and every each and every team that they play, every team's going to account for where Aaron Donald is and how are we going to match up and making sure that we don't leave anybody one-on-one for the most part against Aaron Donald. So, yeah, great player in his own right for sure, but not even going to consider it. He's not going to win defensive player this year. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not going to. And I think what you talked about there, the entire Rams defense being a little bit shaky, uh, kind of maybe takes a little bit of the luster off of Aaron Donald possibly winning this award, no matter what he does individually. Uh, all right, player number two. Uh, after his game today, this player has 52 total tackles and 11 interceptions, two returned for touchdowns. They have clinched their division, this team, but right now their focus is on the playoffs. They took a loss today, and that will very much hurt their chances to get the number one seed in the NFC. As of this afternoon, this player's odds to win Defensive Player of the Year were plus 750, a little better than 7-1. to one. 11 interceptions for Trayvon Diggs. Of the Indeed. Tra- that, that gives, that's a giveaway right there, right? Yeah, Nobody else yeah. has it. And, and this guy's been phenomenal. Um, gosh, 11 interceptions. I mean, just because of that number, and who knows, maybe he'll get one or two more in week 18. Just because of that number, I think you have to consider him as a possible winner. I think you can consider it, but I, I think if you really look at how he plays, he's a splash player, right? He's a gambler. He's looking to jump short he's looking to cut off routes jump routes and he gets doubled a lot he as as opposed to getting double moved a lot he gets burned a lot he got burned on a big pass play a couple of times there was a couple of times in that game today against the Arizona Cardinals where he got beat big one really should have been for a touchdown to, I think it was AJ Green that went over the top it was thrown short by Kyler Murray but he was he bit on the double move and he does that a lot we I remember that he had a pick six in that game against the and it was early in the season against the New England Patriots and they went right back at him with the double move knowing he was going to gamble I think if yeah he's a splash player for sure he's got a lot of talent but also he gets beat as well and if I'm going to go for somebody that if, I, if I'm voting for somebody to be the defensive player of the year yeah splash plays are great and the stats and 11 interceptions two pick sixes those types of things but you got to have some discipline in your game too, and I think that's where he's he's overly aggressive, and teams take advantage of that. And he got taken advantage of today. 
think you can consider it, but I'm not going to book it. Yeah, no, I'm not going to either. And I think that game today against Arizona, big national TV game, a spotlight game against the Arizona Cardinals, and you're right, he was beaten a few times. So that certainly didn't help his case there uh, with the voters. All right, player number three here. Ahead of his game this week, they have yet to play. This player has 54 total tackles, 17 and a half sacks, four forced fumbles, recovering three of those himself. It's been a tough season as defense ranks in the bottom half of the league. Uh, they are 22nd, allowing or uh, 24.7 points per game, and they are likely to miss the playoffs. As of this afternoon, his odds to win Defensive Player of the Year are pretty short at just two to one. Haven't played yet. That would be T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt, indeed. Yeah, I, you could have said Miles Garrett, but uh, T.J. Watt is correct. <laughs> Yeah, well, in the 17th, I mean, a tremendous player, and he gets paid like it. And I wonder if there's sometimes a bias, Brady, where, you know, he's got the massive deal now, and that's the expectation. You're, what you're doing now is what you're expected to do. And, yeah, he's been a tremendous player, a big splash player as well, and fighting through injuries. And I think it was a rib injury that he was battling through. He's been battling through injuries all season long. The dude is as tough as it comes fighting and competing through injuries and just having that motor continuing to go out there, knowing full well that he's taking plenty of chips and double teams in the backfield, you name it. He's not getting clean rushes one-on-one to get after the quarterback and still putting up big numbers. But, yeah, how impactful has he been on this Pittsburgh Steelers team on that defensive side? Just not the same Steelers defense that we're just so used to. Not the same Steelers team by any means, either side of the football, but also on the defensive side. It's been a struggle, and maybe there's been a part of it where the expectation is so high because of where what he's done in his career, and he's gotten paid that way, and and good for him. But I think we, I, I won't even consider it. I think the number is just too short right now to get involved at this point, just two to one. Yeah, the number's too short, I think, to make a bet, but I think he does still have a good chance to win the award, especially if he comes up with some big plays in the final two games of the season. You know, if he racks up a couple more sacks, a couple more forced fumbles, that type of thing, uh, he could get the nod here, but you're right. I'm going to drop it because two to one, uh, just not uh, enough left there for me to get involved on T.J. Watt. All right, our final player here, after his game today, he has recorded 83 tackles, 13 sacks, and three forced fumbles. His team has clinched the division. Uh, They are just focused on the playoffs. Again, like Trayvon Diggs, uh, they are just focused on the playoffs. No longer really a chance at the uh, number one seed in the NFC. Uh, This defense is a top 10 unit as they allow just 20 and a half points per game. This player's odds as of this afternoon, like T.J. Watt, also at two to one. Wow, it's a short number. But we're, are we talking about Micah Parsons? Micah Cowboys, Parsons. Already played. I, I yeah. know he's uh, one of your and my favorites. Uh, boy, nah, he rookie. Is. It, I mean, he's got to yeah, win I, defensive I, rookie of the year, right? He might just go ahead and take the whole thing. He may double dip and get them both, and I think so. I mean, so impactful and and so versatile. It's not just, well, he's going to play in the middle of the defense or he's coming off the edge every time. I mean, he drops back into coverage. He's run sideline to sideline in the run game defense. Uh, a tremendous player, and I love the instincts that he plays with. This is going to be, a, I mean, I, I not not enough accolades to be able to speak to the the young rookie Micah Parsons and how impactful he's been, not only for the Cowboys, but just the impact he's made in this league. 
I think he's going to win it. So in that case there, even though it's short, I probably wouldn't want to book it, but got to consider it. I think he's going to win it. So even at two to one, you missed the great numbers. I don't even know what his numbers could have been, you know, a, a month ago or two months ago. But, yeah, he's going to be, in my mind, he's the defensive player of the year. Yeah, he was a heavy favorite for defensive rookie of the year not too long ago. But as far as defensive player of the year overall, I think he was in the neighborhood of 10 to 1, maybe even 20 to 1 not that long ago. And all of a sudden, he's moved to the forefront of that betting market. And I believe he is a favorite over T.J. Watt, even though their price is the same. I'd be looking at Micah Parsons probably before Watt now. Last week when he had a big performance, uh, you know, he's had a few big performances in a few weeks in a row here uh, in that dominant performance over Washington, both really games against the Washington football team. They threw out the name comparing him to Lawrence Taylor. I don't know about that just yet, James. Uh, That might have been a little bit early, but uh, certainly a player that you and I have both loved watching this year, and we wish him a great future down there in Big D. We'll see if he starts his career off with a defensive player of the year award we'll be right back with more of the pro football blitz in a moment what's up i'm john wall and i'm cj toledano and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called point game everyone please welcome coach john calipari we're getting beat by 18 my first game in kentucky they're saying cows are bust you can't coach this is crazy John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game winner I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We have a new prop tracker now available at vcin.com for you to keep up with the key NFL props. Head to vcin.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game right now at vcin.com slash NFL. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you back inside the Pro Football Blitz Sunday night football off to a low scoring start, James, and that is what you like. Three to nothing in favor of the Green Bay Packers right now. Nine minutes still to go in the first quarter. The Minnesota Vikings moved the ball on offense into Packer territory from about the Packer 47 yard line. Sean Mannion and company went for it 
on fourth and three. He rolled out to his right, made a good pass, James, and really hit the running back out of the backfield right in the numbers. Uh, but he was pushed out of bounds and dropped the ball. And the Packers will now take over on downs in the live market they have moved to 15 and a half point favorites and your in-game total at 42 and a half. Uh, James, let's uh, dive back into the games we saw earlier today, and I will begin with the Giants and the Bears. We thought this game might be ugly, and boy, it was. And, and you really hit the nail on the head. You thought uh, that some Giants turnovers might uh, give the Chicago Bears some short fields, and that is exactly what happened. How about Mike Glennon? He was four for 11 for 24 yards passing. He had two interceptions and two fumbles, and there wasn't really much else that Chicago needed to do. The route was on as they just pummeled a completely inept New York Giants, 29 to three. I mean, it seemed like this game was 29 to three in about the first quarter, and then the next thing you know, the game was over. The Bears moved to six and 10 on the season. They've won two in a row. Giants fall to four and twelve, and uh, again, as we expected, James, not a real pretty one to watch. No, the, the the Giants know what they have at the quarterback position. They tried to limit his exposure today with Mike Glennon. He was four of eleven, like you said, for twenty four yards, two interceptions collectively. And in the for the game, he only threw two passes in the first half. He completed both one to his one to one to one of his Giants teammates and one to the Bears on an interception that set up a short field for the Chicago Bears offense too. And they tried to run the ball; they ran the ball forty times versus eleven passes. But at any time you're just that one dimensional, and there's just no threat of any kind of passing game whatsoever. It really makes it difficult, especially in the conditions that they were playing in. It was just so cold there. Not as quite as cold as what it is here in Green Bay and Lambeau tonight for Sunday Night Football, but a very cold game nonetheless. And I think for the Giants here, it, they're they're just trying to battle and scrap the way, any way that they can. But that was my concern trying to get involved with this game was because of the ineptitude of the passing game. And even though they really tried to limit Mike Glennon's exposure, those two interceptions, in particular in the first half, set up the short field for the Bears. And I think that's where the Bears take advantage of that. And and a, a pretty clean game for the most part out of Andy Dalton. Not a very aggressive game. He completed 18 out of 35 passes, but just 473 yards. So not a big game throwing the football, but I think that was that was the intent. We're going to take short passes. We're going to have short fields to work with. Let's let the Giants make the mistakes on the offensive side. And for us on the Bears, we'll just capitalize that playing at home, playing in the cold against the Giants team That's that really just doesn't have any answers at this point. James, the Giants have come out and said that Joe Judge will be back to coach another year for this team. I don't know if that's the right decision, but what about Matt Nagy? There's really been more buzz about him not being with the Bears next season, but he has strung a couple of wins together here late in the season. I mean, they're still 6-10. and 10. If they go 7-10, and 10, that's, uh, you know, not meeting what this team uh, wants from their club. But still, uh, do you think he's maybe saving his job for another year? No, I don't think so. I mean, think about the games that they're playing right now. You're, the, the season's over, so they're playing against teams that also their season is, is over. They think about the Seahawks game that they won last week on the road uh, and really talk, massive conditions out there up in Seattle with that win late, the way that they went for it on, on, uh, on the two-point conversion to win that football game. But you're playing a Giants team that's playing out the string. I mean, there's no expectations right now. So now all of a sudden you're going to start to play. You're going to go for it on two. You're, you're going to go for two for the win when there's no expectations for you to win because the season is lost. Different story 
when you're this late into the season and nobody's expecting anything from you. And now you can kind of just you're playing with house money at this point in a sense, not that they're that that everybody's expecting them to be able to continue with this on and take momentum into next year. I just think that there's just no pressure right now. The season is lost. You're playing out the string. There's already been talk about for Matt Nagy that they're already talking to other coaches, whatever that looks like. Have not sure if they've interviewed anybody, but that the the rumors were out there a couple weeks back that they were going to start to put and set up interviews going forward that he is in a lame duck status. So credit, I think if anything, just credit to the bears team and some of the leadership in that locker room on that field, on that roster for the Chicago bears, that they're going to keep competing. But I don't think that has anything to do with keeping Nagy around next year. I think he's gone at the end of the season. The bears finished their season at Minnesota. The Vikings opened as four point home favorites. When these lines first came out, Back in June at the Westgate, the Giants put an end to their 2021 campaign at home, hosting Washington. New York opened as one-and-a-half-point favorites over the summer. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were in East Rutherford, New Jersey, to face the New York Jets, 11-4 and versus 4-11, and and the JETS Jets had a halftime lead of 17-10 to with about seven minutes left in the third quarter. They were up 24-10. to And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers saw the money. We really didn't see this line move all week long. They were 13.5-point favorites. And then at the close on Sunday morning, they jumped up to 14.5-point favorites, 47.5-year total. The point spread was really never in question, but pulling out an outright win was for Tampa Bay. They were trailing 24-20 to before Tom Brady hit Cyril Grayson with 15 seconds left in the ballgame for a game-winning touchdown, 28-24, to your final. Tampa Bay gets the win, the Jets get the cash, and the game goes over the total. And Tom Brady sets that record to pair himself with Drew Brees as the only quarterbacks in NFL history to go back-to-back seasons of 40-plus touchdown passes. Yeah, that was one of the, that was a crazy one. I did I did play that was plus price, so it wasn't a, a, a in a sense a big investment because I was getting plus money coming back on that. But thinking about the the Jets. We knew that we had talked about this yesterday in preview of this game that, and the Bucks are going to deal with this. Anytime you're the Super Bowl champs, you're going to get everybody's best effort. And man, did the Jets give them their best punch in that first half. And ultimately, they had the game won. It was, I think it was a fourth and two inside the 10, and they botched the play call. They wanted to run a jet sweep, and instead, uh, instead, Wilson thought it was going to be a quarterback sneak, and he got stuffed late in the game, and that allowed Brady to get the ball one more time to drive basically the length of the field, 93 yards in just that two minutes to go win the football game with just a few seconds remaining. I mean, credit to the Jets as far as their effort was concerned, but we didn't see much effort out of the Bucks in that first half in particular. And really, they slept, walked through the game, and and you're a two-touchdown favorite going on the road, playing out the string for this season to get into the playoffs. Right now, the Bucks know, pretty much know, they're, it's going to be hard-pressed for them to be able to get the number one seed in the playoffs. And that this game kind of felt like this would be their last game going into next week where who knows if we'll see Tom Brady. Now that he set that record and paired himself with Drew Brees, I don't know if we do see Brady. If we do, it's not going to be for the entirety of the of four quarters for that matchup. But you know, I, I guess from this standpoint here for the Jets side, the competitive side, I think that's what we're, you're talking about a coach. We talk about culture a lot. Yes, you want to see your team compete. You still got to execute, and they're definitely uh, devoid of talent on that roster compared to the Buccaneers team. But 
for the Jets, I think this is a, not only a learning lesson, but this is something you can build off of just the effort, the energy, the competitiveness, and the fact that you can learn from the <laughs> little things where you had a chance. You needed two yards to close out the defending champions at home and pull off that huge upset as a two, two touchdown underdog. Uh, but you got to have to work on that execution. That's a work in progress, but I think things to build on going forward for the New York Jets. Yeah, I think there's been some positive vibes out of the New York Jets the last few weeks. It looks like Robert Sala has this team playing with some energy, and I think you're right. Uh, maybe something to build on going into next season. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mike Evans did play today. Of course, Leonard Fournette still on the shelf, and Chris Godwin is out for the season. But uh, they also lost another receiver today in Antonio Brown. What was that all about? I guess Bruce Arians told him to get out on the field for a play or something, and he didn't want to, and they got into a little spat. And the next thing you know, Antonio Brown was taking all his pads off, and he was there shirtless in the end zone and ran off the field. And after the game, Bruce Arians said he's no longer a Buccaneer. Uh, just another odd occurrence in the career of Antonio Brown. Well, and, and for Arians, the fact that you enabled this. You knew this was going to happen. This was something you were going to have to do damage control with. The fact that he faked his vaccination card and you said prior to that, you know, there's no, there, he has no further strikes. We're not going to take any any crap off Antonio Brown. Then he goes and comes back and they bring him back on the team. Yeah, you know, you got what you wanted. This is what you expect. This is just, in the, this is what, the fourth team that he's brought himself back mental health all those types of things i get it he needs some help but the nfl and these coaches and these teams in particular need to quit enabling him put him in some help get him off the field get him out of the league if you missed any part of our show or anything else on the Beeson schedule today don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast you can catch replays of all of our shows download or listen on your schedule go to vcin.com slash podcast and wherever you get your podcast, again, vcin.com slash podcast. We'll be right back with more of the pro for you place here with more of the pro for you place here with more of the pro for you place here with more of the pro. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 